1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Super J-Cast. I'm Joel Aberhane, joined by Damon McDonald. Uh, Damon, I feel the listeners missed out on a lot of good stuff, the preamble today. We, we talked uh, Judaism, Christmas dinners. We're talking whiskey. It's good stuff.
0: <laughs> All of us will keep us on the floor. Uh, yes, we do. I, I, and what's funny is that we, when we do that, we know it's good, and we're like, why don't we press record? But some of the stuff, I feel like, I don't know. We would uh, – we probably would probably want it to go over the air. Just some of the – like my weekend and shit. Like some of it is a little bit embarrassing. Uh, but needless to say, I am uh, – let's just leave it at I am – Joel is um, uh, passing along traditions to um, his daughter and while I – uh, polish off a bottle of whiskey with a friend and wind up on the floor <laughs> so there, we, there there's two different you know there's polar opposite ex, uh, experiences here past week but uh still both bringing uh dare I say joy to the pro wrestling world
1: and that's it we are all about joy here on the super jackout although having said that Damon I, I hate to start off on a negative oh no but With the way things have been going over the past few months, I do feel like we need to open the show with the elephant in the room. Uh There's been uh, a lot of heated debate over whether this product is good anymore. I I have been optimistic, uh, more than most, um, about stuff that's happened since the summer. You know, the weird decisions, the terrible matches. But honestly, after what happened this weekend, it's the last draw for me. I'm, I'm done. I can't defend it anymore. I'm... I'm just about ready to, to wash my hands of this mess. The critics are right. It is bad. And I can't even bring myself to watch it anymore. I'm officially done with Arsenal Football Club. Oh,
0: so that's it, huh?
1: After I bought you a sign last year, a nice
0: little little road sign. Oh. Uh, did they sink this year? Or are they fucking awful? Like, are they breaking your heart?
1: <laughs> yeah, we're in a relegation battle. We're like 15th at the moment. We've really? We've lost four home games in a row. Just like everything is going wrong. We're playing like shit. we stopped scoring goals. Our, our, star, uh, our, our star striker is just completely off the boil. Um, and the, the manager seems to have lost the dressing room. There's you know, leaks coming out in the press about people who are not happy. Uh, all the scuffles that are going on on the training grounds. And yeah, it's just pretty depressing. I mean, I'm, I'm not washing my hands. and I will continue to be an Arsenal fan. But it's bringing me no joy at the moment. And we have a question from uh, listener Minty. Minty, you made a, a brilliant bot for us on yeah. the Super SuperJCast Discord so thank you very much for that Minty Minty asked us which championship ground are you most looking forward to visiting after Arsenal get relegated uh, at the end of this season I've actually been to a lot of them Minty um, back in the day when I, when I went to lots of Arsenal away games I've been to uh, Norwich Swansea Stoke Middlesbrough Cardiff Blackburn Birmingham QPR and Derby and uh, well <laughs> a variety of experiences I'll tell you which one I'm not looking forward to and that's the fucking races at Millwall um Bristol City, that's a nice one. I, I drove past Ashton Gate after Mally and I went to a wedding in Dartmoor. Um, we, we took a detour to Cheddar Gorge. You've heard of Cheddar Cheese, Damon. We went to Cheddar Gorge and had oh. some excellent cave-matured cheese there. Um, a cheese pilgrimage.
0: That sounds fucking great, actually. Yeah, I would i would be all over that. Cheryl's a big fan of the cheese as well, so yeah, that would be good. Um, I, well, how do I know Mill, Millwall? How do I know Millwall? Um... How do I know Millwall? I just, but I do know Millwall. They
1: have they have an unsavory reputation. That's maybe
0: where been. I yeah they have a lot of the bad fans. Yeah, yeah. the hooligism, if, if I'm not mistaken, um, I actually have a book um, about all these different teams and their associated <laughs> uh, gangs that are uh, that have been throughout the years. Um,
1: yeah, that's that's this like a weird American fascination with it is. Uh, British hooliganism. Yeah. It is.
0: I don't, and I don't know why. I, I, I mean, I don't. I don't want to say I have a fascination with it, but I, but like, I'm the dude that's going to watch TV and watch like, you know, the the 24 hour marathon of like prison lockup or something. You know, like real life stories from like, like I maybe it's you're fascinated by the thing you fear the most. I guess. Like, I just can't imagine being in the middle of something like that. Like, it breaking out around you, and you're like, holy shit, what the fuck do I do? I got to get out of here because. There's a a riot that's about to happen. Um, But there is something like – and again, I don't know everything. I'm kind of talking out my ass, so I'm I'm asking more questions than posing a fact here. But like, isn't it – I mean these clubs are literally right on top of each other, like blocks from each other in in, in many cases, right?
1: Yeah, some of them are. Um, Like for example – Liverpool and Everton's respective stadiums are literally down the road from each other
0: right and and the the Premier League has done uh, i mean they've done a lot to curb that kind of behavior right I mean you get lifetime bans and and all that stuff, but I just never understood the idea of getting into a fucking fight over sports you know what I mean like I would go to Eagles games of course and you would i'd be comfortably in the press box with my uh uh my press meal and uh you know watching everything but the game and then you would see fights break out and it's just like why why are you what what like you're going on a fucking Sunday I know you're loaded up I get that but man I just don't understand the idea of now you're gonna fucking throw each other down nine flights of stairs because why you're fuck I don't understand it I just I don't get it I don't get that at all. I guess it just starts.
1: Does this usually start tribalism, with,
0: isn't it? Yeah, I guess. I guess it is. Uh, but I just never understood people who get into fights over your sports team. Just walk
1: away. You'd be like, ah, oh, you're yeah, an idiot. It's not a fight over the sports team, is it? It's just people who want to fight. The sports team yeah. is an excuse. I guess. I mean, so. I wonder if, Damon, we might see this uh, spill over into the world of Japanese pro wrestling. Could you foresee, for example, <laughs> January the fourth? Uh, the Noah firm and the New <laughs> Japan firm going at it <laughs> me, outside TGI Fridays.
0: Let me tell you something. I know I could take the fucking Noah fans. Snooker ball in a sock. <laughs> Stanley I've, seen, knives. I've seen the Noah fans.
1: Leather I, glove full of pound coins. <laughs> Leather glove full of 100 yen coins. <laughs> I'm
0: fucking, I got my keys all wrapped up in my fucking knuckles ready to go. Uh, I'm beating on Claire. <laughs> Actually, she'd probably kick my ass. Uh, Ah, uh, yeah. I mean, that's to, to me. It's just yeah. It probably is just people just looking for fights. But th- yeah, that's ha- probably how I know of Millwall. Don't um, they have the slogan um, "No one likes us, we don't care"? I think that's that's what they have too, right?
1: Yeah, maybe something we could adopt for the Super J cost.
0: <laughs> Seriously, no, 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 no joke.
1: Or New Japan Pro Wrestling, <laughs> <laughs> Wrestle Kingdom Fifty. No one likes us. We don't care.
0: That's that's gonna be the name of this fucking show. Are you kidding me? Um, that's the you know when I got to do the label. I'm doing what I'm doing. Um, yeah. All right. Well, look. I think um, Arsenal has, has uh, Arsenal ever fallen out of the Premier League? No, never. We've been a mainstay since it was founded in 1992. Give me a percentage of your feeling
1: of them being relegated. I'll give you 20% because I just think there's at least three teams. Well, probably three teams that I could definitely say are worse than us. Uh, West Brom and Fulham and uh, Sheffield United. Uh, I, our, our first match of the season, we played against Fulham and beat them quite comprehensively. But who, who would have thought that would turn out to be a relegation six-pointer? So... I don't know. I'd be worried if Tony Khan pulls his finger out and starts actually spending money on them in January. Then, then we might be in trouble. <laughs> yeah,
0: you're fucked then. Yeah, you better you better hope for low houses and uh, no vaccine for AEW uh, staff or uh, fans. Uh, no money, no no revenue anymore. Well, we got good news. Their football team, their American football team, absolutely stinks. So. Um, they're not making any money there. I think they won one game. Is that the, the Jacksonville Jaguars? Okay, yes, yes. Did, did I
1: tell you But when this was in 2013 when I was teaching in a primary school in the UK? It was a school near Wembley Stadium. And for some reason, there are I, I guess they were playing a, an NFL game at Wembley Stadium around that time because they came to the school and did a big assembly. They brought I can't remember the name. Jacks, oh, cool. the Jacksonville Jaguar, and they they just did this like big hype thing in our assembly with the the mascot coming in. And like, Jacksonville Jaguars, yeah, and just whipping the kids up into a frenzy. <laughs> it was really bizarre.
0: Wow. And players were there? Like they like yeah.
1: Mm, I maybe I can't
0: remember. Have, yeah. Wow. That would be like that would be like Fulham coming to uh, yeah, I don't know. I I throw a school for the local peeps, uh, Bishop Eustace Um, (laughs) be like, who's coming? Uh, yeah, they do that every year. Uh, well, I don't know if they, well, they did it every year. They did multiple games, the NFL at Wembley. Um, I think the Eagles were one year were there. Uh, all right, well, there you go. Um, any, any predictions for, uh, being that you've, you've, your team is, Fallen, by the way. So any predictions for the uh, American football? Uh, have you been keeping up fantasy football-wise or uh, just in general?
1: Uh, I have not. I know nothing about nothing. it. Nothing. nothing about the products whatsoever, I'm afraid. You're not a big Patrick Mahomes fan? No, I know of him. But okay. I couldn't tell you
0: anything <laughs> about him. All right. All right. Look, well, there's our NFL and uh, sports talk. We'll take your calls after this. It's Joel and Damon on Sports Talk USA, and wherever the fuck you are. All right, uh, can we talk pro wrestling soon, now? Yeah, I just want oh.
1: one little th- oh. opener yes. to uh, get our juices flowing. I want to do a little chat about a piece of merchandise that appeared today. Oh. Could you please open up your WhatsApp and tell me, well, have a look at this Ibushi t-shirt, read Ibushi? the slogan on the front to us, give us your thoughts.
0: Yeah, he likes the white t-shirts. That's one thing I don't like, It's a white T-shirt, because I... Right. You can spill food on it, Right, 100%. Yep. Yep. I get one wear out of it before it gets ruined. Hmm. All right. Uh, it's very, very subtle. I, I wouldn't say it's uh, too gaudy. Uh, the golden, the G, golden star logo. Uh, but then it has writing, and it kind of looks uh, a little punk rockish in the sense of the font, and the way that the characters are aligned. In English, I won't – is that run? Run away. I won't lose. I won't give up. I won't betray you. Okay? Very very basic T-shirt there. (laughs) Big big, uh,
1: Rickroll energy there. I'm going (laughs) to give you – Oh, okay, that's so, what that
0: is. Okay, all right,
1: all right. I mean, that, that is what it reminded me of, the front. But okay, so you've seen the front of the T-shirt. It's, it, you it, know, it's, it's on brand for Ibushi, the message he's given out. I want sure. to show you now the back of the T-shirt.
0: Oh, I hope it's a big this, this T-shirt <laughs> takes quite a turn.
1: All right.
0: I hope it's like, like like just four dicks. Uh, Let's see here. I will become God.
1: <laughs> right. I mean, that is it just me or is that quite the swerve? I won't run away. I won't lose. I won't give up. I won't betray you. I will become God. <laughs> it turns very threatening at the end. Yeah. What is his fascination with that? Has that He's ever a finished? lunatic, isn't he? <laughs> well, yes. Aside from I'm, that. I'm scared now about him winning at Wrestle Kingdom 15. Like that, It could be some sort of uh, Infinity Stone Thanos situation where you know, if he gets the IWGP and in intercontinental titles, he might ascend to some sort of higher power, and right. destroy us all.
0: <laughs> I know he holds the belt up. A giant beam comes down,
1: clicks Kevin his Ke- fingers, half the uh, audience at Tokyo Dome are vaporized, but actually it wouldn't matter because half of them aren't allowed to enter anyway. So
0: you're <laughs> <be all> right. <laughs> Good idea. Uh, can it pass through television uh, wiring? Uh, yeah. Kevin Kelly running for his life. Uh, Speaking of Kevin Kelly, you know, he uh, he got in touch with me and he uh, was checking on me to make sure I was feeling well. I was uh, I was like, ah, oh, thanks, Kevin. Uh, yeah, you see a lot,
1: a lot of love from the commentary team. Chris Charlton checking in as well. Yeah, yeah, I nice appreciate it. It's nice that people are thinking about you.
0: It is nice. I mean, uh, it is weird sometimes, but sometimes it's, you know, you just kind of like, you appreciate it. You appreciate it. Um, and uh, I did my – Cheryl's negative just as an FYI, and then I uh, I did a test yesterday, and I'm waiting for those results, but symptom-free for a, quite a while now, so uh, I feel like we dodged a bit of a bullet there, considering um, what it could have been, uh, so yeah, we're, we're good there, um, yeah, that's a weird, I don't know, that fascination he has with becoming a god, <sighs> a little bit narcissistic, I think, I'm, I'm not gonna lie, I'm not gonna lie, not gonna lie we got we got one guy who wanted to be a good god, and we got rid of him ha a little election humor, ah, <laughs> oh, boy, I can't wait for that beef Wellington on Christmas, Joel. Mm. <laughs> Gotta be honest with you, That's I'm what my mind is thinking about it. Yeah, it's
1: gonna be good. And I'm not even having it. So I don't awesome. know why I'm drooling over your Christmas dinner.
0: <laughs> I'm gonna send you some. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna mail it. I'm gonna freeze dry it and ship it over.
1: I've uh, got to choose for my Christmas dinner, so maybe you can help me pick. So to start, it's either chicken liver and orange pate, farmhouse chutney, parmesan and toasted sourdough, mm-hmm. Norwegian smoked salmon, whipped ricotta, horseradish cream, and brown butter. Brown bread and br- <laughs> brown bread what? and butter, what? tenderloin carpaccio, wild rocket, pecorino, and crispy artichokes, wild mushroom and shaved truffle soup, warm sourdough. So. For me, it's got to be smoked salmon for that. Me Although, too. Yes. Yeah.
0: I would, I, I, yeah, we're on the same page. Perfect. Good. Uh,
1: for mains, Christmas plate. So that's bronze turkey, honey glazed ham, pigs in blankets, sage and onions, stuffing and roast gravy. Char grill 300 gram ribeye steak, roasted portobello mushroom, truffle cream sauce and shaved truffles. Oven roasted cod, saffron and seafood broth, white wine and garlicky aioli. Or mushroom ravioli, half-moon parcels filled with ricotta cheese and wild mushrooms, porcini sauce, and black truffles. Now, I know I said to you off-air that I dislike turkey, but I feel like I have to choose the, the Christmas plate there.
0: I would have gone to ribeye, man.
1: Ribeye. Oh, it's tempting. I might get Mally to choose the ribeye and, and, and pick eat some off first that because she won't finish that. Yeah, but, yeah. But uh, the important thing is all mains are served with garlic roast potatoes, honey roasted carrots, parsnips and beets, cauliflower cheese, Brussels sprouts, and bacon, sweet potato mash, and gravy. So I think Ooh. I'm... I'm basically guaranteed an excellent Christmas dinner there. And then uh, dessert is uh, Christmas pudding with brandy sauce, festive dark chocolate tart, honey ice cream, cherry compote, orange and hazelnuts, indulgent Christmas Sunday: layers of vanilla and cherry ice cream, caramelized oranges and honeycomb, or Black Forest panna cotta, shaved chocolate, wild berry compote. And again, not a huge fan of Christmas pudding, but I feel like I have to choose it because it's Christmas.
0: Yeah, I'm not a big fan of the Christmas pudding either. I've I've had it like once or twice. It's okay. Um, the Sunday's too much. That, that'd be too rich. Like I would just be like, I would eat a spoonful of it and be like, oh, I'm fucking done. Um, yeah, I might go Christmas pudding too, just because. Of, because when, when else are you gonna? have? You're not gonna have Christmas pudding in fucking April, you know? Yeah, that's what I would do. That's a good fucking meal, dude. You're gonna be. You're, you're gonna. You're gonna do okay with that. It's just you. you I, I will mention-
1: live tweet my my experience yes. of it. I'll put photos out on the Twitter. I'm telling <laughs> you, <laughs> live vicariously through my. You, Christmas. I, I would be all over it. I'm I'm cooking the beef
0: Wellington. Uh, I got to get the 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 fillets, uh, the the cut. I don't really know where I'm going to get that because we don't really have like like solid butchers around here. And um, I know I'm going to be paying a fucking fortune for it. Uh, but yeah, I'm excited. I got the. I'm. I, th- I think I could pull it off. It doesn't look that hard. It just looks a little. You know, there's steps. You got to make sure you're, uh, you're doing the steps properly. So, but I'm confident. I think we can do it. And uh, if not, Chinese takeout. <laughs> uh,
1: happy days. All right. Uh, let's talk about another little news thing that pops up. This is Tokyo Sports Award. So, MVP was given to Tetsuya Naito. Uh, Okada and Naito from Wrestle Kingdom won match of the year, which is Okada's eighth match of the year win in Tokyo Sports. Fighting Spirit Award went to Hiromu. The current. GHC heavyweight champion Go won the Outstanding Performer of the Year award. Uh, DDT star Tetsuya Endo won the Technique award. Julia from Stardom won the Women's Wrestling Grand Prize while uh, Takashi Sugura and Kazushi Sakuraba won Tag Team of the Year. So I don't know if anything from that surprises you. I mean, it's an award that tends to, I mean, the the MVP tends to go towards New Japan. It's it's like a a political thing, isn't it? And all the other awards are sort of like, sort of them throwing a bone to the other promotions. But it, it seems like they've Sort of gone towards the, the 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 Bushi Road and the the Cyber Agent properties with this one. So, anything surprise you there? Um, I mean, it always
0: surprises me. <laughs> you know, a lot of times it's like, how could you miss this? Or what? What? You know? And it is just like kind of what you described in the sense that everybody gets a little little taste of something to make sure everybody's represented. Um, which
1: okay, so, Gra- is, uh, Dragon Gate and all Japan, they got nothing. That's true. That is true,
0: um, and they and and they didn't have bad years, mind you. Um, I, I, I've heard I'm,
1: I've heard people quite down on all Japan, but the people are very positive about Dragon Gate, which is why right. I I mentioned the caveat about Cyber Agent that the, the, the fact that they gave awards to. I mean, no is not surprised, but DDT like Tetsuya Eno getting an awards over someone in Dragon Gate that's that's raised a few eyebrows.
0: Yeah. I could see. But that but every year, it's that with, with the Tokyo Sports Awards. Um, and it feels like, correct me if I'm wrong, I, and not that you would have the answer at the tip of your fingertips, but um, I felt like there were more awards given away in previous years. And I feel like th- these have been shaved down a little bit, but I could be dead wrong. No, you're that. right. They
1: didn't do the best newcomer award this year. Okay.
0: All right. that was, I mean, how impactful is that? Um We all know great Okan's winning that. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I mean, who else? I mean, Tokyo Sports is going to kind of be the equivalent of, for lack of a better term, a fucking Pro Wrestling Illustrated type, you know, back in the day type award. Um, Where maybe the most popular or the most well-known or the – you know, just the guy who has the most eyeballs is going to be the, the the guy who's front and center is going to more than likely be the guy who's, you know, the MVP of of the year. Um, I don't see any issue with giving it to Naito. Um, I mean, look for us and our awards, I'm sure he's, he's, if he's not one, he's one, he's, He's a real close two. And I and I honestly can't see him not winning. I really can't, even though um Hiromu is there's there there's a definite fucking argument to be made. Um I, I mean he's the heavyweight champion for for the entire year, minus evil. <laughs> I don't know, you know, he just lost my vote. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it's hard for me to get crazy over the Tokyo Sports Awards, to be honest with you, because it is. It's like Pro Wrestling Illustrated. It's like, I'm crying. Does anybody... I mean, it's a thing, and people seem to get all heated up over it, but it's not really a thing to get too concerned with.
1: Yeah, I think if you're looking for a more unbiased approach, then I guess is it ShuPro? They have a, a awards where they sort of call it down the middle rather than being Heavily uh, favoured towards New Japan. Um, okay, well, let's get into the wrestling that took place. Uh, and, uh, this was Friday, wasn't it? The World Tag yep. League final. Uh, so the World Tag League final itself with uh, Gorillas of Destiny beating Finjuice in 22 minutes, 15 seconds. Tamatonga pinning Juice Robinson after the super power bomb. So Gorillas of Destiny finally get their hands on the World Tag League trophy. What did you think, Damon? Am I having to do cartwheels for this?
0: Well, first... I mean, again, I was a little bit surprised seeing Kenta um, and his involvement in a match. Um, no one clued us in on that one. So, and I know we spent the, the previous week talking about, you know, all the different possible U.S. title scenarios. Um, I mean, I, I um, when you texted me, to kind of get my feelings on uh, to see if he was, you know, if you were uh, doing a cartwheel, I did. I, what number did I give you? I gave you four, right? I gave you a solid four.
1: Yeah. You gave me a four. Now, I do have the scores from Joe Lanzler and from Nicole. Oh, all right. We, uh, but I'm not going to reveal them to you because I think it's only – should we wait until next weekend when we have the Wrestling Observer Newsletter because we said – Dave Mills is going to be <clears throat> the third judge, right? Yeah, and we he, won't yes, get his score until Thursday, so maybe okay. we'll put that one on ice for now to find out whether or not I have to do the cartwheels. But if you gave it four stars, yes, so, uh, talk to us. What what made you decide to give it four stars? Because you you're quite high on it. Well, I mean, I th- I didn't think it was a terrible match, and
0: I did I, 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 look put in a in a in a in a big spot. G-O-D, I can't even say that they are 50 50 or I, I, they usually come through in a World Tag League. Um, and I think Juice and I think David Finley helped. I think they're a, a, a solid baby face tag team, a solid baby face tag team. Um, the finish hurt. I'm not gonna lie. Um, I, 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 I'm not gonna sit here and tell you that a an interference. Uh, I'm not gonna sit here and tell you, because I, I just don't want to be that guy. But and I'm not going to sit here and tell you that interference shaved off five stars and it made the match terrible because it really didn't. I just really wasn't in the mood to see it there, and they went with the angle as opposed to the match. I think is my biggest complaint. Like the the match at that point was really secondary. And I don't have a problem with that being the case if it's in the middle of a tournament or even in some ways a semifinal. But the finals really was like, oh. And, and so what does this mean? So does this mean that Kenta and Juice are now a program? And are we excited by that? Um, it just felt a little bit flat for me. Um, at that the fact that they went for the angle and didn't go for the somebody getting a big win and then away we go to um, Wrestle Kingdom. Where we had now have a match between Dangerous Techers and G O D that truth be told, aside from the fact that we had we have Suzuki Goon definitely playing babyface role now. I, my interest in this match in this Tag match. It's fucking dropped considerably. So we killed the match. Uh, let me take that back. We didn't kill the match. But we, we, we pushed aside the match for the angle. For to have Kenta have something to do. W- w- what it feels like. And now we have a less desirable world tag match at Wrestle Kingdom. The match itself was okay. It was good. It was, I thought it was a good match. But everything else and all the other shrapnel that has come from just this match has me hand-waving. And that sucks.
1: I agree with you, Damon. I think they've got a better match in them. And it was approaching, at times in the match, very good. But then the stuff that they did with Jado, I feel sort of took the momentum out of the match. It's Just as it was stepping into that next gear, then there'd be the the stuff with Jado getting sent away and then him coming back with the kendo stick. I feel that sort of killed the momentum of the match. Um, it didn't enhance the heat for me. And it was very similar to what they did in the G1 final last year with Jay White and Ghetto but less effective to me. And like you, I feel it's a shame that, exactly as you said, they sacrificed a quality world tag league final, which is supposed to be one of the pinnacles of tag team wrestling. They sacrificed that in, in favor of doing the Kenta and Juice angle, which is a real shame because I I felt that final match was unworthy of what I thought was a very good tournament. And you know, you have a good tournament. You want to have a really good match as the, you know, the icing on the cake, the cherry on top of that, and they didn't deliver it. And, I just, I always feel with Gorillas Guerrillas of Destiny, there is that hard ceiling on the, the quality and the excitement of their matches, whether it's because of the, their quality as a tag team or wrestler or the shenanigans that go on. It just feels like, you know, three and a half, maybe pushing three and three quarters. That's as good as you're going to get, given all those caveats that we've mentioned. And I don't feel that this match exceeded that. It, it threatened to at times, but it never got there.
0: No. And, and and again, I feel like I'm generous with four. Don't get me wrong. Um, and you're right. The one thing that kind of sticks in me is the fact that there was that interference, right? And I guess in my mind, I'm looking for, okay, the comeback and, you know, Juice and Finley being able to fight that off. Like when I, when I saw that interference, it's kind of like, okay <clears> – <throat> Let's let us they are going to get an even bigger win because something's going to go astray on the Bullet Club side. Um, They'll fight back. They'll they'll you know they'll beat the odds and away we go.
1: That never happened.
0: In fact, I I can see
1: what they were trying to do. Like it was a bit of misdirection that you're looking at Jado and then Kenta comes out of nowhere. And to be fair, like they they got a big response from the crowd when that happened. Me too. Me too. Yeah. Well. I'm not going to
0: lie. I mean, I I was shocked to see him, and I was like, whoa. But then the realization came in of, okay, why is he here? Why is he here now? (laughs) Uh, I mean, aside from him being you know, in Bullet Club. Uh, It just felt – you know what it felt, Joel? It felt very shoehorned. It felt very – we're going to do something that probably doesn't make the most sense from what we've seen in the past storyline – just to squeeze Kenta on a show, <laughs> you know? Uh, and give him something to do because in in 2 weeks we've we've got some pretty big shows around the corner. That's what it felt like. Like seeing him was my here's here are my reactions. Oh, fuck it's Kenta. Oh shit. He interfered. Ah oh, fuck G.O.D. one. Ah oh, fuck. Now what? Ah <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> You know, that's really what it felt like. Um, The realization of, wait, what? Oh, oh, oh. It's really the level of emotion that I went through. Are you still there? Yeah, I'm here.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's just uh, (laughs) disappointing for me. And it didn't make me excited to see... Kenta versus Juice to see no. Juice get his revenge. It just made me feel sad for the World Tag League and sad for Finn Juice, particularly sad for David Finlay, who he's not booked on the the Road two Show, so I assume he's gone back home. And it would have been nice to see uh, some sort of reward or, or a crowning moment for all the hard work he put in during this tournament because I thought he'd, he'd been outstanding, but. Maybe he will get his flowers thrown at him in our end of year awards. We'll see about that. But yeah. certainly not the way I wanted the World Tag League final to go.
0: But they've done that for the past couple of years, doesn't it feel like? Where they'll do shit just to throw the World Tag League out the fucking window. Whether it's. Um, then one year they have like a three way. Um, and a the whole, the whole. Like it's just some convoluted mess that wound up being at Wrestle Kingdom. Um,
1: yeah, it's been on off. So. Uh, 2016 world tag league final great bash heel beat gorillas of destiny and what i still think is to this day gorillas destiny's best match and then yano and Ishii stole the title so that ended up in a three-way right uh, then 2018 no at the end of 20, 2017 evil sonata won the world tag league and had a really excellent uh, straight two on two match at wrestle kingdom against uh killer elite squads which i i love that much and then 2018 World Tag League, we had Evil and Sanada winning again, and then the Young Bucks popped out and inserted themselves into the match, uh, which a lot of people, quite rightly, myself included, shat on. Uh, but then last year, they, they did it straight 2-on-2 again with Guerrilla's Destiny against Finjuice at Wrestle Kingdom. So it's sort of on-off uh, so if they follow that pattern, we are due another <laughs> shenanigans three-way. But uh, it, with Finley seemingly out of the country, I, maybe we are just gonna going to get Guardians of Destiny against Dangerous Techers, which will be an interesting one, uh, given that both factions are nominally heels. But we got some questions about that later about the repositioning of Suzuki Gun at alignment charts and stuff like that. So we will we will come back to that one. But um, right. unless you have anything more to say on the World Tag League, I shall move on. I to just the want best your feelings.
0: Yeah, I just want your feelings on, uh, do you think you're doing cartwheels? No, I don't think so. All right,
1: all right, very good. Confidence, which, I like which that. Which means, I... what are you doing? What's your punishment? But again, we'll come <sighs> on to that. We'll have, we'll have yeah, to we wait for really the rest of the eleven newsletter because it's not, it's not concluded yet.
0: Yeah, we we haven't really figured that out. I mean, I could do yeah. a fucking, I, mean, I don't even think I could do a cartwheel. I think I, I think I will separate my shoulder if I attempt one. <laughs> <Yeah>. Well, <laughs> listeners,
1: maybe you can tweet us or Discord us with some suggestions on what our respective... Uh, consequences could be. Uh, yeah. But shall we move on then to yes. the Best of the Super Juniors final? Because yes. I've got <laughs> quite a lot to say about this one, Damon. Uh, so we had Hiromi Takahashi pinning El Desperado after 30 minutes, 14 seconds following the time on two. Hiromi Takahashi wins Best of the Super Juniors 27. Now, to preface this, I want to say I had a really great chat with uh, Liam from our Discord. So uh, let me say again, Liam, get well soon for your bad ankle. I uh, hope you're recovering well. So Liam is our resident El Desperado expert on the Discord. So a lot of this information that I'm going to talk about is from him. I want to give him a hat tip for uh, allowing me to pick his brains today. So a lot of these words are his, but I want to give the full backstory on this feud and why I love this match that so much. So this feud goes back 10 years ago and the two, these two guys, El Desperado, Hiromu Takahashi, they, there's a strong Senpai-Kohai relationship. So El Desperado, or to give him his proper name, Kiyosuke Mikami, he was Hiromu Senpai in age and experience. So before Mikami went on excursion, he was 16-2-1 against Hiromu. So early on, we, we saw that Hiromu has this if you like, inferiority complex against Mikami. They were actually at one point going to be a junior tag team at the end of uh, Mikami's run as a young line. They they tagged together in some significant spots. There was a dark opener at a sumo hall show and outside New Japan in, in DDT. Then, Mikami gets kayfabe injured after a Wrestle Kingdom 6 dark match and disappears. And we get this mysterious Namahage, Namahage character appearing in CMLL two days later. Then we fast forward to Wrestle Kingdom 8 in 2014, and El Desperado, this strange wrestler, appears. He debuts in New Japan. He's bringing flowers to Kota Ibushi, and he's supposedly a Mexican luchador whose father speaks Japanese. So Mikami has taken on this persona, this El Desperado persona, to account for his relative failure as a young lion, where he had quite a short tenure, and his failure uh, on excursion. He lost his mask, and he lost a hair match. Didn't really win much of note. Hiromu, for his part, he got his ass kicked as a young lion. He left for excursion exactly as El Desperado appeared. And these two didn't see each other for five years since the last time they met. But since Hiromu returns in late 2016, he was way more successful than Desperado. And they were kept apart for nearly two years. And and not for nothing, as we will get into. So come the summer of 2018, given their history in the dojo, best of the Super Juniors rolls around, Hiromu is desperate to show the world that it's Kiyosuke Mikami underneath the El Desperado mask. He's not a Mexican luchador. he's a fraud. And before their best of the Super Juniors match, Hiromi writes, you know the the giant book that Hiromi does, he writes in that book for the El Desperado page, I know who you are and I hate you. And Hmm. Despi wins again. There's a rematch for the Junior Heavyweight title at Kizuna Road and there's loads of mind games going into that match. So Hiromu brings Desperado flowers, and it's a callback to Desperado's, uh, him bringing flowers on his return in 2014 at Wrestle Kingdom. And you'll remember this, Damon, a really memorable spot late into the match where Hiromu pulls off El Desperado's mask, Desperado just no-sells it, and waffles Hiromu in the face with the junior title belt before casually putting his mask back on. So here, in that match, we had Hiromu trying to expose Desperado for who he is. And then Desperado, caring more about beating out Hiromu, winning the junior title, which would have been his first singles title in New Japan. He's still hunting for that. More in, in uh, concern with that than concealing his identity. And then there's also the LGBT coding of the story, which, as you know, Damon, I'm always a fan of. And a lot of this is dependent on your personal coding of El Desperado and Hiromu Takahashi. And I agree with what Liam said, that they both read quite strongly, I think, as LGBT in some way. Uh, from Hiromu's love-hate relationship with Dragon Lee to El Desperado, you know, debuting by giving flowers to Kota Ibushi, and Desperado constantly telling Hiromu that he loves him and then he hates him and then he loves him again. And then Hiromu goes from saying, I know who you are and I hate you, to I don't care about you at all, to actually I really do hate you. And... You know, David, when someone's in your head and making you feel those kind of emotions towards them, whether it's positive emotions, negative emotions, they hold a certain amount of power over you. And Hiromi saying, I don't care about you, is uh, is intended on his behalf as a sign of strength or, or defiance. And on El Desperado, side, like, you know, we've all been there, Damon. We've had people say to us that they don't care about us. And, you know, maybe it was true. Maybe it was intended to hurt us. And, and it does hurt when you hear that. And it's then no coincidence that, When you come to this Best of the Super Juniors and their block match, Desperado forces Hiromu to submit to him rather than pinning him in their block match. The pin's not enough for him anymore. So you see those power dynamics coming into play there. And then you've got all this love and hate bubbling under the surface that's brought into this match, the Best of the Super Juniors final. And the match, it starts off like the dojo day. So Desperado's in charge, he's working Hiromu's back and then he's controlling his leg. Uh, of course, those are the two body parts affected by his submission move, numero dos, which he won with in the block match. So it worked before, and Desperado's is totally in control of the match. And also, yet again, for me, showing why he's one of the best in the business of being in control of a match, but making it tremendously entertaining to watch. Hiromu's selling was just as good, both selling the back and the leg he uh, Prada takes off a turnbuckle pad very early on which is a real Chekhov's gun because that, they, they don't come back to that until much later so throughout the, the first half of the match he's punishing Hiromu and Hiromu could only get back into the match with the wild offence that he developed in Mexico you know the poison rana attempt off the ropes the wheelbarrow to the floor John Woo dropkick to the guardrail and In a way, I felt that the dynamics of their match reflect their relationship with uh, Hiromu is the mercurial, unpredictable spirit with a wild streak against Desperado's desire for control and, and dominance and you know dare say p- perhaps that's a, a manifestation of uh, El Desperado's desire for relationship security uh, and there's an incredible moment where Hiroma goes for the sunset flip power bomb off the apron and just splats right onto the floor and then he just pops back up he no-sells it completely and he's trying to drag Desperado off the apron but Despy just kicks him back into the guardrail I don't know if that was a botch or if it was planned but it was just an amazing sequence that encapsulated uh, the, the chaos and the violence and, and the dissonance of the relationship between these two men and even the way that Desperado attempted a pin after doing Guitarra de Angel he held Hiromu's hands placed them almost lovingly across his chest and then when Hiromu kicks out Despi goes nasty flips back into the numero dos like a, like a punishment for Hiromu rejecting him then Despi lifts up Hiromu and it looked to me like he was about to do the dreaded Phoenix Plex that broke Hiromu's neck uh, when he wrestled against Dragon Lee. But then Hiromu reversed it into a destroyer. Absolutely spectacular stuff. Then we got a ref bump and a dick punch, which automatically adds an extra half-star to the match. And then <laughs> just when you think Despy's about to finish him off after that, Hiromu punches Despy right in the jaw, a la Jun Kasai, who dislocated Des- Despy's jaw last year. Then. Then. Hiromu goes for the mask. So... This is either Hiromu being smart, using mind games to win the match because he knows Despi's going to lose his cool. Or, as I would like to believe, it's Hiromu bringing the two of them back to their roots. To having them share that connection that they've had for a decade in front of what is now the biggest audience they've ever had. Literally face to face. No hiding behind masks or personas. So Hiromu tears off half the mask and then Despi's on his knees. He's glaring up at Hiromu and he stands up. He takes off his mask. The crowd loses their shit, clapping only rules be damned. And this is why I'm saying, if the match is good enough, people are going to react regardless. The right. mask comes off. Hiromu is looking for Kyosuke Mikami, but he's not there anymore. It's still El fucking Desperado staring back at him. That little smile, the wag of the finger, the look that says, you asked for this motherfucker. Here we go. And then... A brutal exchange, like a hockey fight. They're unleashing all their frustrations on each other. Desby comes agonizingly close. He's so close with an El Escalero. Hiroma kicks out in the last millisecond, and that scream of anguish and frustration from Desby. He's pounding the mat in agony. Like he knows that was his best shot, and he missed. And this is not. You know, pulling a a stupid, surprised O face at the hard camera like, wow, I can't believe he kicked out. This is a a decade of pain from a man who wants nothing more than to beat his opponent more than anything else on the fucking planet. And even though this match isn't over yet, he knows that he's just lost. And just the the way he, he was rolling around, screaming in rage, it was just magnificent. And he goes for the pinch, eh, Loco? It's the only move he's got left. Hiromu reverses it. And it drives Despy straight into that exposed turnbuckle that you forgot about because it only happened three minutes into the match. Right. Despy's broken. He's physically, psychologically, emotionally broken. Hiroma hits the time bomb too for the win. And that brings us to the post-match. Despy says, only Hiroma Takahashi and El Desperado were in that ring tonight. So we've learned that for now at least, Kyosuke Mikami is no longer there. El Desperado is a, a persona that's not necessarily a mask for Mikami to hide behind, but that's that's who he really is now. In, in as much as, you know, we are all a product of our experiences and our choices, which shape us and change us. And uh, Hiromu himself, he talked about their relationship, that he was thrilled to face him. He wants, he wants them to fight forever. Sometimes he says he likes him. Sometimes he says he hates him. His heart's all over the place. Their bond is very fragile. It's a piece of art made from glass that can easily shatter, but he's close to liking him now. Despy is back to wrestling under the mask, according to photos that I saw today on Twitter from today's show. So for now, the guy under that mask is is just as much El Desperado when he takes it off. And although he might be booked like a mid-card junior, it's what makes Despy such an interesting and compelling character for me. He's uh, a cool-looking dude in a skeleton mask who does the splits. He punches people in the dick, but he is also a person who expresses his self-doubt and his affection and emotions and his unrequited love so damon you can see why this match is extremely my kind of shit it takes every single joel box we have got a big stage high stakes long backstory that, yeah. that perfect blend of storytelling where the kayfabe is just used as a subtle tool to tease out the real life story and magnify it uh-huh. We got great wrestling and a truly unforgettable moment at the climax. And and there's something incredibly satisfying about a dojo feud making it to one of the biggest matches in the company. And obviously it doesn't happen very often. Like the odds of a pair of young lines in the same dojo class going on to become successful, high profile wrestlers who are good enough to headline a big show are pretty yeah. damn low. So yep. When it does happen, you have all that organic backstory, literally a decade of honest-to-God history between the wrestlers that plays into the match, amazing chemistry in the ring, out of the ring. The planets align, and you, you get these incredible moments of character growth in the climax of the match, like Naito hitting the Stardust Press against Okada back in January, or El Desperado taking his mask off. And you can't force that. You can't manufacture it. You can't rush it and there are other companies who think that they're good at creating moments, but for my money, for giving wrestlers a platform to tell their stories and share their art and and move me and make me feel something real, there is no company quite like New Japan Pro Wrestling.
0: Outstanding. Outstanding job by you. There's a lot of credit to go around here. You nailed it. I'm better than I could ever say. And um, Liam as
1: well. I've got to give credit to Liam because a lot of that came from him.
0: And Liam as well. And there has to be a, a large bit of credit for people with the mindset like yourself, like Liam and others, who can, who can capture all of that information and all that backstory and remember that and remember that and remember that. New Japan deserves credit. To be able, just like you closed out, to give the artists the canvas to paint and say, Go, right? Um, I can't imagine there are a bunch of old men in a conference room sitting around saying, Hey, just like yourself, or just like, you know, Liam, remember this, remember that. I doubt that's the case. I doubt this rests solely on Hiromu, Despy, working this out, and maybe little sprinkles here and there, but by and large, this this is, these are two creative forces that have used a backstory and weaved it into what we saw in that match, which, again, is organic, and uh, full of emotion and full of pro wrestling. It's it's the best of pro wrestling. It's the thing that you're excited to tell your friend who kind of knows pro wrestling, but really doesn't really know pro wrestling. To This is your bait that you've hooked to your line, right? This is the reason why a whole bunch of people are fans of this product you can parachute in on New Japan Pro Wrestling and watch the big matches and watch the big shows and get just a a ton of enjoyment from that if that's the way that you want to consume this product. But if you want to dig deep and you want to go just fucking dive headfirst into the deep end of a pool, there is so much to keep you satisfied and so much space that these artists are able to tell their story that you like a good book, like a good movie, like a, like a, like a good TV show, like any really great true performance art, you're going to feel something inside. And that's what this did. And you know, this is not a, you know, a lot was made that this is, you know, a main event and this is Hiromo and Despy in a main event spot for juniors and, and the, in, in the company's history that hasn't happened a lot. And Chris Charlton was rattling off names like Liger and Tiger mask and, and, and people who, you know, haven't had that happen to them for them. And those are big names and these two guys are making it happen. So there's history involved, uh, from just a, a, a the promotion standpoint, and, of course, this huge, well-weaved backstory. Um, and I think people, first of all, I, th- I think people loved this match. I think this match, uh, let me start here. I'm pretty confident in this. And, I, and I, am a, uh, I do recognize recency bias. This is my match of the year. This is my match of the year because of everything that was weaved into what led us here. And it wasn't my match of the year before remembering and learning and reading and seeing these things that have led to where this match is. This is master storytelling, Joel, that, that, okay, all that aside, the, all that backstory aside, all that years of history, all that the wrestlers were able to remember, all that they were allowed to then use as a backstory to get to the, the actual match, to have the company say, okay, this is our finals. Great. Now we're in the ring and they have a great match to boot. Everything aligned. Everything's in order for, for pro wrestling greatness. So this became my match of the year, not only from bell to bell, which I thought was okay. It's either this one or it's you know, what uh, uh, will and um, Shingo. How about me? Remember, uh, but then the backstory, and you know it, but you, you, you. Now you're really getting deeper and deeper into it. It it kind of blows you away, the fact that that they were able to pull this off, truth be told. Uh, And it's organic. And none of it seemed like you were shoehorning it in and you were forcing it down our throats. And let me tell you something. Pro wrestling companies and pro wrestling promoters and bookers and story writers and all that stuff, they have wet dreams over shit like this. And you can't pull this off. You can't write this in a book and say, okay, do this, guys. You can't have this map over four weeks of television. It's not the same. This is, is, is peak pro wrestling um, for not only a person that's going to parachute in on a great match, but also people who are there for the long ride and get the little breadcrumbs. In a company that, let's be truthful, is the best at doing it. Why? Because they mostly allow the wrestlers to do it. And let them be artists. And that is why this is my favorite match of the year.
1: And to be fair, I think probably a lot of the stuff that Liam and I discussed is us projecting that. Onto what we saw, but that's part of the beauty of it, you know, to, to bring up like Roland Barthes and Death of the Author, that there is that space for you to have your, your own interpretation of the way things appeared in the match, like when El Desperado took off the mask, was that Kyosuke Mikami or was it only El Desperado? No one knows, and it? Right. unlikely to tell us, but just the fact that you can uh, have your own interpretation of things is, I think, something worth celebrating as well.
0: That's, that's, that's great music, what you just described.
1: That's a great album.
0: Where you listen to these songs and you feel something, and you and you, I'm a, a, I think it was Trent Reznor who who says, you know, when I write something, I just it's it's gone, it's it's released, it's it's out of my hands, and you absorb it how you feel. You absorb it. Um, that's that's art to me, and it, you know, if you and again, I don't think this is too far fetched, but pro wrestling is art. And, and it's an, and it's an art form that you can incorporate so many different mediums into that particular art form. And you, you, yes, it's not that hard to say, oh, he hit him right in the fucking face. Okay. Yes. He chopped the shit out of him. Yep. Oh, that was a hell of a suplex. But then when you get the best, but okay. But if that's the case, I mean, you could watch amateur wrestling and get that same feel. I think in certain cases or, or MMA. It's the pro wrestling that makes you a pro wrestling fan that that makes you want more from just a suplex or just a fucking fantastic move, right? I mean, how many matches have you seen in your lifetime, Joel? Where wow, the matches were great, but there really wasn't anything to sink your teeth into. You know what I mean? The moves were fucking unbelievable, but you are kind of like, okay, that was a that was a the
1: moves with the yeah. Z, right? Like, like this Noah match, and you know, this is not me criticizing that the. Um Go Shiyazaki against Takashi Sugiura match Which I watched And maybe uh, a long term Die hard Noah fan Might enjoy that match The same way yep. that I have enjoyed Hiromu versus El Desperado But me as a casual fan Parachuting in and watching that match I'm appreciating it uh, Aesthetically You know the Just the, you know, the physicality the, the technique The way the match is laid out But the emotional connection for me Isn't there Right I, I, and that's
0: exactly how I felt about that particular match. Um, and I texted you that. That, yeah, I mean, this was a fucking brutal match in the sense of the chops and the fucking... They they beat the shit out of each other for 40 minutes. Maybe even longer. Um, but I feel like I missed something in the sense of... Uh, I'm not there emotionally. I'm not there... I'm I'm there emotionally in the match in the sense of, again... I could appreciate two motherfuckers beating the shit out of each other. Absolutely. But to say that I knew the backstory or if I if I um, had, you know, that emotional investment that maybe a, a hardcore Noah fan might have and knows the backstory that led to where they're going with, with, with that match. Um, and, again, it's not that hard for people to do. I, I just got to admit that I have it. Um it's not going to connect with me as hard as maybe this match. Um, I love this match, man. I, I mean, I, I know I feel like I'm gushing over it, but I really loved this match for for all the reasons that you mentioned. And again, I loved it more the more I learned about it. It's like, again, like reading a good book or, or seeing a movie and then having somebody point out, other little small details about a match that make it even more awesome. Um yeah, I mean, I guess uh, that's the best I can say. It, it it was awesome on the surface and the deeper you dived into it and the deeper you went down that rabbit hole, the more enjoyment you got from it. So, um that's classic pro wrestling, you know? That's classic pro wrestling. I can't I can't my favorite match of the year. Um, and, and the more I learn about it and the more information I get about it and the more little details I get about it, the more I enjoy it. So, um, yeah, I think this is one of those matches where you could show a friend who's not maybe the, the biggest pro wrestling fan, but have them watch the match and then, uh, and then you can kind of feed them, drip, drip them, you know, why this happened, why this happened, why this happened. And I think you're going you're gonna to have a fan for life. And unfortunately, they'll be disappointed because not all pro wrestling
1: is that. So you, you don't think they should have been cutting promos on each other in the middle of the match?
0: <laughs> I hate
1: you. I want to expose you. For me. <laughs> there
0: was nobody looking at their hands. I go, What's happening? Why weren't you looking at your hands?
1: Um, I'll tell you what though. Ke- Kevin Kelly did an outstanding job because I watched it in English commentary and Japanese commentary afterwards. Kevin Kelly did a wonderful job putting over El Desperado in defeat and, and making him feel like what I think was a star making performance even though he lost
0: yeah I told him that I I actually texted him that um, I, I, I said it was one of your best best moments in New Japan that that post match you know after the pinfall yeah agree. I said you did you know, you know during the match outstanding but like I think one of your your shining moments for your entire career um, was that post so um yeah I think Look, when it when it all aligns and 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 here's the thing too if we're talking about commentating, he's in his house watching it on a fucking monitor. he's not in the building, and trust me there's not an announcer any sport that is going to sit there and tell you that being in the building doesn't help them make a better call um and being away from the action is, makes it a little bit more difficult. Now, again, there's not a broadcaster that I, that I know that hasn't called a game into their recording device for practice, right? They all do it. They all probably still do it. But still, to have that kind of um, – to be able to, to, to connect dots and, and give you the emotion of the moment in such a way. Again, he's in his fucking office at home, thousands of miles away, he, he, he deserves some credit on that one. He did an outstanding job.
1: So we've got a few questions about this match. Brandy said, where would you rank this year's best of the Super Juniors final historically? It's the best one I've seen since I started watching, but that's only the past five years or so. I love, love, love several older finals, but none had near the emotional impact for me as this one did. Yeah, I agree, Brandy, because... I'm just thinking back to like 2017, it was uh, Osprey versus Kushida. 2018, a brilliant Hiromu against Ishimori match. Last year, Shingo versus Osprey match. All matches that I think were maybe more uh, spectacular, more athletic, Mm -hmm. more thrilling in terms of the moves taking place inside the ring. But none of them hit me on that emotional level that this match did. So this year's is my favorite.
0: Yeah, it's... Again, it, it incorporates everything that is great about pro wrestling. Um, it's a hard question, and it really depends on what kind of mood I'm in. But it's look, it, I think I think it's an instant classic. I really do. I think it's an instant classic. Um, and there is something to be said. I am a huge fan of a masked wrestler having the aesthetic of of having a half ripped mask. On someone's face, I don't know what it is. I've you know, New Japan, you know, they're not afraid of it. They've done it in the past with El Samurai. They've done it with the past with Liger. Um, I just love the fucking feel of that. There's something that triggers inside of me that's like, oh, here we go. This is fucking great. And it, that might just be from that one Naoki Sano Liger match wherever where that happened. Um, that was a great moment, man. It was a great fucking moment. It's up there. I, I mean, I, I hate to let this this match just override me and just push everything else aside. It really would depend on my mood and what I wanted to watch, but Christ, it's up there. It is. It is up there at the top, and that's saying something because you, those finals of matches, you, you're rarely left disappointed. Um, this man, this had everything. This had everything. Oof. And, 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 and let's give a tip of the cap to that crowd. Who did that feel like a release? Did that feel like a? I mean, they had a, that. I feel terrible for those crowds having there. There and there have been moments I'm sure where they kind of wanted to gasp or yell or what, what have you. For Horomo and El Desperado to get that emotion from a crowd who, in their mind, trust me, are thinking, all right, we can't, yeah, we can't yell, you can't, yell, you can't, yell, you can't, yell, you can't, yell, you can't yell. We can clap, we can't yell, we can't yell. Oh I gotta yell. I gotta yell. Right? That's amazing to have them lose it for you know, lose it. That's 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 the sense. They lost their composure. For that pro wrestling match. Fucking great. Damn. Great job.
1: Louis says, uh, should Desby ditch the mask? I personally wouldn't want him to. Make the unmasking's a rare Kishin Liger type thing. Yeah, I agree with that. I think having it a, as a Kishin Liger sort of scenario would be quite effective.
0: Yeah. Um, keep the mask. You know what? Um keep, I, I wanted to keep the mask. And I and I would prefer just let's Move on from this match. And it doesn't need to be a thing because we don't want to cheapen that moment. Keep keep the mask. Uh, The mask is is important. The mask is El Desperado. Um, And I don't want to dilute the moment. Keep it the same.
1: Iko Rule says, does Hiromu move up to heavyweight to become a bigger star, or does the junior division end up getting more focus in 2021 due to Hiromu's emergence as one of their top guys? It
0: already has it. It already has it. Yeah, I think
1: he he has done what he said he wanted to do and elevate the division. You know, it's not surpassing the heavyweight title at the moment. You know, it probably won't happen in the future, but who knows. But I just think Hiromu is such a transcendental star that I, I would keep him in the junior division. I don't think... I don't know, it's a tricky one because he could just be an absolute megastar if you strap yeah. the rocket to him and have him win that IWGP heavyweight title at some point, but he's just so valuable to the junior division that wherever you put him, he's going to be a star. I th- for the first time, you have
0: someone who, who can rival Liger as being a guy and even exceed Liger. Like, you could keep him as a junior, and you could build a promotion around him. You know how they like they wanted to treat the Intercontinental title like you could do that with the junior title it feels like. Like he's legitimately a star of that company. Like when we talk about that Mount Rushmore, like you could chisel Hiromo's face in that fucking stone. You're headlining shows with him. You're headlining big shows with him. You mean to tell me you couldn't headline a dome show with him? I really feel like you could. I really feel like you could. I feel like right now, and even not even right now, but the build even to right now. I mean, who are the guys that are bigger than Hiromu right now? Naito? Let's put it this way. Is is Kotoobushi right now bigger than Hiromo?
1: No, no. Is Jay White bigger than Hiromo? No, I, I think just to cut to the heart of it, Naito, Tanahashi, Okada. That, yeah, Okada. I don't.
0: Okada's um, got to be honest.
1: Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'll give you Okada. Not evil. No, that's it. It's it's those three. Yeah. yeah.
0: He's he's on your he's on your Rushmore. I mean, name me a guy that that was a junior that that you would say that about. The only guy I can think of is Liger. Then think of and, and think of and think of what Liger meant to the company. I don't know. I think you got yourself a guy who can. I don't think you need to. Like he's the guy. You don't need to make a heavyweight. You know how they talk about guys who you don't need them to give him a belt. He's already star. Bah 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 bah. You don't need to make him a heavyweight. He's already on your Mount Rushmore. How about that? How about I agree. that? I agree.
1: All right, next question. Matthew says, top three matches from this year's Best of the Super Juniors. I'm sure number one's Despi Hiromu, deservedly so. So, yeah, that's number one. Right. I would have Hiromu against Gucci as my number two. Mm-hmm. And then my number three is very close between Hiromu, Robbie Eagles, and Hiromu versus Doki. I'm going to go Hiromu versus Eagles because I thought that was just a real coming-out party for Robbie Eagles. So Hiromu Despi, Hiromu Taguchi, and Hiromu Eagles. Hiromu
0: Eagles is my second um, my third. Did a lot of good matches thrown in there, but I'm going. I, I mean, I can give you definitive one: Hiromo Despi two. um, Horomo Eagles, who you know what? There is some sad news. Unfortunately, he's he wrestled this whole entire tournament. I'm talking about Robbie Eagles. Um, with with a heavy weight on his shoulders. You know, his father was in in poor health and uh in the Philippines and uh there was a GoFundMe that was out there and I, I, I don't I don't usually I don't know. I don't if I donated to every GoFundMe I'd be a poor man. But there was something that compelled me about this. I don't know what can why there was such a like I felt it. So um uh, you know, you contribute to the, to the GoFundMe because of the the the, the medical bills that were mounting. Um, and, he, and he and he passed away um, from from, a, from what I understand. So um, I'm heartbroken from from hearing that news because I know what it's like to lose a father. Um, and again, to be able to wrestle at that high performance, it's almost as if Robbie was kind of like. Uh, I don't want to say doing it for him, but doing it to—I don't know—he he found an extra level, if that's the thing. Um, so my heart goes out to Robbie and his family, and um, sorry to bring the podcast down, but um, I did want to mention that—that that, um, I know Joel saw the news, and and myself, and we were our hearts are with you, Robbie Eagles, and um, stay strong, my man.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Best wishes to Robbie and the family. Please do contribute to the GoFundMe uh, because it is still needed and appreciated. Yep. Um, Okay, let's talk about Despi then. Uh, Eric says, we've already got three juniors in two singles matches at Wrestle Kingdom, but a generic tag match feels like a step back. How do you keep Despi's momentum going? Never Six Man with Minoru and Kanemaru. So this is a strange one because he is... He's not young. I mean, he's, what, 37 years old at the end of this year, but he also started his career relatively late at the age of 26. Uh, Jay Cafe says is Despy the strongest contender to win the next Best of the Super Juniors. So, um, to be fair, right, Despy has been booked like a mid-card junior, even though he, he feels, to me, like a star. And he is a star in Japan. You know, the fans love him. He's incredibly over. But in terms of actual the uh, singles programs that he's gotten and, and pushes and success and, and titles and tournament wins, the resume is not there. So what do you think you do with El Desperado now to capitalize on that? Here's the problem is that you, you have a lot of great pro wrestlers.
0: Um, and again, we talked about the whole backstory and all this stuff that led in and, and, and all the things that helped make this match great. I'm sure there's a lot of people that have a story to tell that in, in a similar vein and, and, and have given that opportunity. There could be some compelling things there too. Uh, and, and that's what makes it somewhat difficult for New Japan is that not everyone could be uh, in the hot frying pan at, at, at the exact same time. It's impossible to do. Um, you would love to keep the momentum going. Uh, but how do you do that without without beating it to death? That's the last thing you the last thing you want to do is have people be bored of it, right? Um, and see, oh, this match again. Mm. I mean, what's the status of Kanemaru? I hate to stick him back in the junior tag division, but he was an anchor there. Um, but I mean, does anybody know the status of his injury and and what how likely he is to return? I think Suzuki-Goon right now is in a bit of flux. Sorry, did
1: you say Kanemaru? Yeah. Uh, he's back on the Road 2 Tour, so oh, he's fine. great. Okay, good. There you go. Fantastic. Then, I mean, I, I,
0: I, look, they are an anchor in that junior tag division. Um, I have no problem with him being there and having success there and holding that down there. I mean, uh, it wouldn't be too hard to warm him back up. And I think here's the thing. I I don't think anybody would complain about a rematch either. Um. So, and I, I don't think anybody would complain about giving him the title, if need be, uh, for a, a cup of coffee. So, um, I think there's still plenty more to you can do with him. Um, but it doesn't necessarily mean he's going to be your top guy. uh and coming off this match,
1: someone in the Discord has just posted something interesting. Uh, Pumpkin oh. is an excerpt from an interview right after the show that someone translated, which uh, I assume is an accurate translation, could be wrong. Uh, So this is from Hiromi. who says, It's always difficult to remember what I was thinking during a match, but rage? Matches are fueled by feelings of anger, so I must have wanted to expose his real nature, his everything. I think you just attacked a vital point, I think that's what angered me. Why are you using these tactics when you're already awesome without them? So I punched him. I don't really remember but next thing I knew I was tearing away his mask and his face was shown. From that point on, it wasn't rage. There was nostalgia mixed in. It became super fun, enjoyable, going all out. It felt good. So there you are, a little bit of extra insight into that piece of art we saw. Uh, Sentient Amanita says. Also, what is New Japan's allergy for booking non-title junior feuds? Just be put on a career performance match of the year candidate, and a month later is going to watch Kanemura get pinned by Watto in an eight-minute tag opener. To say <laughs> nothing of Eagles Show, who are best case getting multi-man tagged to hell. So yeah, I think if I'm going to give a next step to New Japan, it would be to book some non-title singles feuds because you know the wrestlers. I'm sure I've got plenty of. A creative ideas. So it'd be good, you know, on, on these big shows or even on the B shows, have a little singles junior match that isn't for the title so we can build up and showcase these stories. Don't just leave it until Best of the Super Juniors. I would love that.
0: I would love that. I would love that for every division to be to be truthful. Wouldn't it be great to have a tag, just a regular old tag match, no titles involved for a number one contenders match or, you know, for any of the titles or storylines that involve something other than the title? um singles matches. I mean I know we're getting one with uh what Okada and Osprey, but you know, you know what I mean? I mean the the undercard could be filled up pretty nicely if they just um you know, gave those guys singles matches. I would agree. I, I, 100%. All
1: right, let's move on to the Super J Cup then, which was won by El Fantasmo I nearly said El Desperado there. Mm-hmm. So on yeah, on his way to the final he beat Leo Rush in the first round, he beat Blake Christian in the semi final, and then he beat ACH in the final. So, nearly perfect with the way we called it last week. We knew this was going to happen, and we yeah. knew that this show was going to be basically hey, remember El Fantasmo? Just a way to heat him back up before he flies back to Japan and appears at Wrestle Kingdom. But I couldn't help but feel Really disappointed because I was sitting there watching that Leo Rush match. I was getting excited by Leo Rush. I was thinking, oh, Leo Rush versus Hiromu at the Tokyo Dome, that would be fucking great. And then we got, you know, the dick punch and the CR2, and then El Phantasma wins. And it was exactly what we expected was going to happen, but I was still pretty bummed out. After that happened, after Leo Rush lost, I felt like I didn't want to watch the show anymore because I knew what was going to happen. And, you know, to be fair to El Phantasmo, he mixed it up a bit. You know, he pinned Blake Christian clean with Superkick, which, you know, is what I like to see. You don't need to go to that bag of tricks for every single match. And uh, it was played out a little bit differently in the final with ACH as well. But I wasn't blown away by everything. It was a lot of El Fantasmo to consume In an empty arena show, it was you know forty minutes of ELP, three matches of his, and I don't hate him as much as a lot of other people do. I don't love him. I you know I think he's a perfectly good wrestler. He's capable of having really good matches. I think he's had great matches with Osprey. He had a great match with Rocky Romero, but it was just something about the way this show played out, which was just it just rubbed me the wrong way and left me in a bit of a bad mood.
0: Well, we don't want that to happen. That's for sure when we watch a show. Um, Yeah, I mean, look, I think people get,
1: you know,
0: dirty heel American Canadian, you know... (laughs) bullet club member
1: and the funny thing is Damon sorry to interrupt but it seems like from the the Japanese fans that I've talked to like Manabu like Kunisaito, that the Japanese fans are really into that they like El Deswra uh, El Fantasmos shenanigans there was some funny stuff like you know him doing the the music rights gimmick I thought that was really funny and him you know messing about with a jacket and I liked his look you, you know he had this sort of, sort of scuzzy lockdown you know, didn't have time to shave or cut his hair, just looking really grimy and stinky. I liked all of that. And I think he is an effective heel, but this is not just me. I mean, um, Elliot says, Do you have any inside info whether or not Alex Kozlov finds El Phantasmo despicable? Uh, and Daniel says, As much as I enjoyed the wrestling in the Super J Cup, I'm disappointed with the booking. I feel like we need something more fresh than a cheating Bullet Club heel. And when Leo Rush lost, I died a little inside. He's hoping this isn't a one-off and we get these guys in Japan in 2020. And yeah, I said on Twitter, actually, we've had 10 tournaments since the restart. Four of them have been won by cheating Bullet Club heels. So... Uh, we had Evil winning the Super J Cup. We had Kenta winning the, uh, sorry, the New Japan Cup. We had Ev- uh, New- Kenta winning the New Japan Cup USA. We had Guerrillas of Destiny winning the World Tag League. We've got El Phantasmo winning the Super J Cup. And we've also got Jay White with the G1 briefcase. And that just feels, it's erring on the side of excessive for me. Right.
0: Yeah, no, I can see that. Um, I will say this, that they were put in a tough spot. In that, you know, we're trying to have a super J Cup. We're trying to bring in interesting juniors. And they and you know, it's not like they grow on trees. Um, you know, that could compete at a level that New Japan's looking for. And then add to that, you're in an empty warehouse and you're having a tournament with people that you know, I would say some of the audience isn't very familiar with. Um, some, that, some know that they are. And they had to make it work. It's a tough spot that they were in. Uh, and they did this so that El Fantasmo could get over to fucking Tokyo. I mean, right now, I can't imagine New Japan being quick to sign anybody. Just given the current state of pro wrestling in this year, maybe, or t- you know, 2021, maybe, but you you have to think that just from a pure finance standpoint, might be very difficult to do. Okay, so let's just say that Leo Rush, for, for some fluky thing, wins, or ACH wins. Okay, now you're flying in, ACH in, and Leo Rush in, and I hate to say it, but you don't know where this virus is going to take you, and the headaches that, that could happen. Um, to, in, in the way, I mean, you could say the same thing for El Phantasmo, but I think like once you get El Phantasmo in Japan he's going to be there for a little bit look i uh, there are parts of this where it felt like we were we're just trying to get from point a to point b and it, and it it almost felt unnecessary to have this tournament um and why not just just have the match that you want to have with El Fantasma and Hir- Hiromo? I guess having him win this tournament gives it a little bit more strength and a little bit more oomph. But watching this tournament, I was like, okay, it didn't. Here's the thing: it didn't feel like must watch. It didn't feel like it was something that if I didn't watch this, New Japan was going to crumble before me and I'll be lost. I think everyone knew El Fantasmo was winning. And everyone knew this is where we were going. And even you, the previous what, last week or the week before, were like, hey, Super J Cup winner, challenge. We got two nights, right? It's kinda kinda where we went. And I don't know if I don't know if that excites me. I'm gonna be truthful. Does Hiromo, El Fantasmo warm? the cockles of your cockles doesn't for me.
1: Yeah. We've got a question from Renegade Dugongs. He says, is getting to see an extra Hiromu match worth the price of having to see an El Phantasmo match? So, uh, oh. yeah, so it is, as we predicted, it's going to be Hiromu against El Phantasmo January 4th. And then uh, the winner on January 5th will face Ishimori for the junior title. I think Hiromu versus El Fantasma will be really good. Because,
0: really good?
1: Yeah, I mean, Hiromu's just great with everyone. You know, n- namely someone Hiromu's had a bad match with. So, on that stage, I'm sure it will be brilliant. Well, brilliant, maybe. Very good. Uh, because uh, we've seen with El with the right opponent, that he can have very entertaining matches. So, I've got no worries about the quality of the match. Have you got any reservations about the booking and more instances of kind of crowbarring in, uh, like sort of mini tournament scenarios to? fill up this
0: double dome show that's that's really my biggest concern is that we're just trying to fill up fucking two nights i mean right now we don't even have a full show for both nights right we don't have a full show for both nights we have first night that's pretty full but second night is not full i mean obviously a lot of is contingent on who wins first night but ah you know looking at that lineup if, if, if we want to transition into wrestle kingdom talk we can uh, boy, show me the sexy! Show me the sexy match that everyone's hyped for.
1: Could we come on to that? I do have that. Yes, we in our List of things we'll come up to if you don't mind. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely.
1: One other thing I wanted to bring up from Super J Cup was uh, we saw Ren um making his, I say, comeback. I mean, I don't know if he's been having untelevised matches. I would assume so. Uh, but I was impressed by the other uh, young lion from the LA Dojo, Kevin Knight, who I thought looked Really exciting there, so I'll be watching him very closely. Uh, Did anyone else from this show impress you, either from the tournament or the the tag matches?
0: Uh, Ren to Obviously, Kevin Knight, when I first heard the name, that reminded me of uh, an old uh, East Coast indie wrestler. We wrestled many times, Kevin Knight. Uh, I was like, it can't possibly be the same one. Um, ACH, I liked. Chris Bay, I thought was really good. Um, you know, who's been pretty decent every time I've turned on strong, which I again, admittedly not often Fred Rosser. I thought he looked really good and I think he's, I think he's kind of fit in more and more the more times I've seen him. Um, to me, he, he felt very out of place in the beginning. But I think he's kind of found a nice little groove. I can see New Japan using him and bringing him in. Uh, Leo Rush. I, I, I mean, look. I think when everybody saw that first round matchup, they were... They were oh, why? Why? And, you know, things happened the way everyone thought they were going to happen. Uh Yeah, I mean, ACH was fine. The uh, ACH-TJP match was... It was a first-round match, right? I don't know. It was okay.
1: Fine. Uh, That's it. Everything was just fine. There's nothing that you're going to... Oh, you've got to watch this match. My favorite match was uh, El Fantasma against Leo Rush. And everything else, I would say, you don't go out of your way to watch it, unfortunately.
0: It's there. I mean, it's it's there. I... I, What do you want me to do? You know what I mean? They were they were put in a tough spot. That's a hard spot. Um, it, it, nothing is terrible. Nothing is great.
1: Okay, well, speaking of stuff that is just there, we've got the Road to the Tokyo Dome shows announced, and one of them took place today, but there's only going to be three of them televised. Those are from Korakuin. We've got some notable stuff here. Tiger Mask making his comeback from diverticulitis, which is great to see. Uh, Togi Makabe back as well. As I said before, Kanemaru back. The third match on the December 23rd show is Toru Yano with his final KOBW 2020 defense against Farley. <laughs> I believe that's going to be a body slam match, but that's not confirmed Great. yet. But aside from that, just a lot of six-man matches. Uh, Mikey, C says, how many stars will grapple give the Togo, JY Evil team? And Oof. the final match, the snow match, if you like, is Sho and Ibushi against Bushi and Naito, which... I know, it's a little bit underwhelming to me. I know a lot of people wanted to see Naito Sanada against Jay and Evil, which I don't think we're getting. So, yeah, just apart from that KOPW match, which you know, was likely to be a train wreck or very fun, depending on your angle, not really that much to get excited about. Well, let let me ask you this then. It's,
0: it's Naito and Bushi against Ibushi and Sho, you said?
1: Correct. Who's getting the snow? You'd think Ibushi. I I would think Ibushi pinning Bushi. Yeah. It could be show pinning Bushi, I suppose.
0: Somebody's pinning Bushi, right? Yeah. Yeah. So Ibushi gets
1: snow again. Did he get it last year? I can't remember who got it last year. It was a match that we wanted Liger to win, but he didn't. Right.
0: I think so, right? I remember him in there with Kenny the one year, right? Was it, was it, maybe it was, was it, no, it couldn't have been Tana. Was it Okada? I don't know. I had to look back. God, our memories suck. But yes, Abushi gets the snow, I think, right? I think that's, uh, I mean, Bushi's the fucking, he's a he's giveaway in this one, right? Yeah, I think so. I think we'll, uh, I think we'll see Ibushi with the snow. All right, that's always a good. That's always a good spun show, though. Uh, I, nice. found show you, I found it. I
1: found it. So quarter. last year okay. the main event was Rocky Romero, Yoshihashi, and Okada defeating Liger Tanahashi and Ibushi. So it was Okada who got the winning pinfall. Okada oh,
0: got the got the snow. Okay, it's always important. It's an important thing.
1: <laughs> who gets the snow? kind of like a title, isn't it? <laughs>
0: It kind of is. And then, what, have we got a body slam challenge match? Yeah, oh, that's that's what Farley
1: said. I mean, this KOPW thing, we said when it was out, like, most likely just going to end up fizzling out, quietly swept under the carpet. It's Apparently, this is one of the few things that the Japanese fan base really uh, vocally rejected. They were <laughs> dead against this, apparently. A lot of emails and, and letters written in that they were just not into this at all. So it's just been... Quietly downgraded from Okada's big idea to Yano's comedy tour. Have you got any thoughts or, or yeah, what what's, what are your feelings on KPW twenty twenty? Do you think we even see it back next year? I don't. Or do you think no. this is the last we're going to hear of it?
0: I think this is the last we hear of it. I I I pray. I mean, there the, the let's this. I'll give you the positive argument. It gives people something to do. Okay.
1: And the records right. will show that El Desperado defeated Satoshi Kojima in the qualifying match.
0: That's true. That is, that's true. I mean, ugh, it's something that, look, from the jump, we all, we're all we all scratching our head of what the fuck is this? We don't need another title. It's the last thing we need. Uh, and it's just nonsense, and I can't imagine. And And here's the thing. I think New Japan. I don't think New Japan knows it's okay. This, this shit that bed, uh, and I think it'll be swept under the carpet. And I don't. I I, I think I think by mid twenty one, I'll go so far as to say. Let's put it this way: we won't hear about it on the dome. It will not be a thing on the dome next year. I would be shocked if we are talking about this fucking horseshit at the dome next year.
1: Okay, so we did get some Wrestle Kingdom 50 match announcements. For January 4th, we've got Hiromu versus ELP. We've got Dangerous Tekkers against Guerrillas of Destiny for the tag titles. We have Hiroshi Tanahashi versus The Great Okan. Kazuchika Okada versus Will Ospreay and Naito versus Ibushi. Those last two were announced before, but now we've got five official matches so far for January 4th. Let's talk about this Tanahashi-Great Okan match um, because... Andrew says, With Great Okan getting a Wrestle Kingdom match against Tanahashi, what grade would you give Okan's return from Excursion so far? This seems like a really divisive one, because when the match was announced on Twitter, a lot of people who, you know, admittedly these are not diehard New Japan fans, were quite derisory about the match, saying, oh, you know, who's Tanahashi pissed off? Poor Tanahashi. Why is he working with this idiot? You know, look at all the great matches he's had before. But I'm excited about this match. I think Okan has done really well since he's come back. He's gradually uh, sort of finding his feet. He's incorporating new moves, new interesting moves into his arsenal, and he just looks more confident. Like the promo, he, it, it looks to me like he is the spokesperson for the Empire Group now, which I think is definitely the right move because I think he is the strongest promo out of all of them. And the way he he was cutting a really aggressive confident promo without a microphone on that final show which I thought was very impressive I'm excited by this statement and I think you know this is not a match that Hiroshi Tanahashi has been forced into against his will this is an opponent that uh you know at the very least has been greenlit by Tanahashi but I suspect has been handpicked by Tanahashi um you know I I think when you're looking at uh, laying out your Wrestle Kingdom cards The first thing you start with, I guess, is the title match. And then I would say if Okada and Tanahashi are not in that title match, those singles matches with those two top guys would be the next ones that you pencil in there. So I suspect that Okada has been handpicked as Tanahashi's opponent from early on. And I think this is a sign that the company are very high on Okan, that he is going to be a player moving forward. You know, a lot of people were, were doubtful about Tanahashi working with the, the newly returned Switchblade by Jay White back at Wrestle Kingdom 12. The match wasn't any kind of classic, but it was a, a, a good match and also an indicator of what the company thought of Jay White, who, of course, went on to become an IWGP heavyweight champion. So I'm really looking forward to this match. So what did you think about... Uh, O'Connor since his return and and your thoughts on him facing tanahashi at the dome
0: um i mean again i i think you're spot on when when you talk about tanahashi um being a guy that can kind of pick and choose where he wants to go when it comes to wrestle kingdoms he's gonna you know he's has a a i'm sure a very vocal voice in who he wrestles uh I'm not going to go so far as to say he was handpicked by Hiroshi Tanahashi, but trust me, I'm sure he had a a, a big say. in. he didn't just show up for a meeting and be like, okay, you shrug his shoulders and shuffle his feet out the fucking door. And you're right. I think a lot of people are upset with the realization that time moves on. I think that's really the biggest issue. Everybody wants... I, what did I see? I saw somewhere someone say... Create new stars. No, not that star. (laughs) Not that. You know what I mean? Like, that's what it feels like. Um, It's look, the the company has to build new stars. And the, the, the way you build new stars is you have them wrestle either stars that might be declining or have them surprise people and beat a top guy who's who's. At the top. Um This is a big match. This is the big biggest match in this guy's career. Who else are you gonna put in the ring with him? You know, Tanahashi, maybe the greatest pro wrestler of our lifetime, everyone. Uh, yeah, and
1: his 2020 has been him selflessly putting over opponent after opponent after opponent yeah. and yeah. having excellent matches in the process. He hasn't been out there yeah. shitting the bed, you know, hobbling around. he Whilst the story is him declining, he is still one of the I think the best belt to bell wrestlers in the company. And he's proven that this year, even though he is losing all the time. And it just shows how unselfish he is. And you know, this is just this is not a case of, oh well everyone, we've booked matches for everyone else. Who's left for Tanahashi? Oh, sticking with Great O'Khan. Uh uh. That's you know, that's not how not this is playing yet. out. They have picked an opponent for him who is gonna uh, get him over and just shows you you, you need to pay attention to this guy, because he's going to be a big part of New Japan's future. And never, never
0: bet against Hiroshi Tanahashi at the Tokyo Dome. I'll put a fucking used tissue in the ring, and I'll guarantee you I'll have a fucking match with Hiroshi Tanahashi.
1: And I would also say with the Switchblade comparisons, I think Okan is more comfortable and more confident with the gimmick he's working now than Jay White was doing the switchblade stuff back at Wrestle Kingdom 12. Right,
0: right. Now I think the match can be fine, better, better than fine. I think the match will be very good. Um, look, is it weird to see Great Okan in a pretty prominent match in the Tokyo Dome? Of course, yes. I mean, you know, you see the guy walking out at Rev Pro, and you're like, "Wow,
1: okay, this is this is this is excursion." Yeah, and imagine that being told that on his comeback he will be wrestling a singles match against Hiroshi fucking Tanahashi. I'm excited, Damon. I'm really looking forward to this match. Yes, yeah. I mean, it's it's going to be.
0: I, to me, it might be. If you look at that entire card, I mean, look. I think everybody's kind of penciled in Okada and Osprey as being the match that's going to fucking blow the roof off, right? Hopefully. And Naito and Ibushi, even though it does feel like we've seen it a trillion times, it will be great. That Tanahashi-Okan match, I'm telling you flat out, I have more, I, I, like to me, that's maybe the most interesting match. Like I, like, I, I will be watching that match. Because I just find it to be a interesting spot for New Japan Pro Wrestling and Hiroshi Tanahashi and Great Okan. I think it's I think it's an important piece of New Japan Pro Wrestling history of that what we'll be seeing at the Tokyo Dome again. Tanahashi at the Tokyo Dome. If you if you fucking hand waving that, you're mistaken. If you're hand-waking Ocon, who again, it's jarring. I get it. Trust me. I know it. I kind of feel that way. Jarring can be good. Give it a shot, because I think we'll be. I think you'll be pleasantly surprised.
1: January 5th, we have the winner of Hiromu El Fantasma against Ishimori for the junior title. We've got Shingo versus Jeff Cobb for the Never title. So Sentien Amanita says are you guys nervous about Cobb winning the Never title? It was the most interesting belt precisely because Shingo could have the Despy or show matches and I think they'd use Cobb winning it to elevate him and make it just another big boy belt. I... I I think he wins. Shingo has done enough with that belt where I think Jeff Cobb winning it would be a real feather in the cap of Jeff Cobb. And I think it's them rewarding him for, well, we haven't had the confirmed yet, but it's, it seems likely that he signed a, a deal with New Japan. And I think it's a good move. I'm excited for the match. And I think Cobb winning that belt, and maybe he's going to have big boy matches, but I think his G1 climax showed that there is more to Jeff Cobb's game than we thought, based on last year's G1. I think he had a really uh, decent, uh, diverse array of matches in this year's G1 Climax. So I saw enough in the G1 to make me think that Jeff Cobb, as Never weight Champion, once again, I mean, obviously he, he won it before, but that it would be a success.
0: Yeah, I think the match would be great. I really do. I mean, seriously, think of this. Shingo, Cobb, you're going to get your fucking beefy Never... Uh, open weight championship match at the Tokyo Dome. I, I think they're going to be fucking. I think they're going to be ready. I think they're going to be looking, looking to have some fun. I'm not. Uh, I'm not concerned about that at all. What I am a little bit concerned with is you look at that first night, right? And then you move to night two. I mean, I'm sure there'll be some. Well, let me ask you this: There's no Will Osprey on night two yet. There's no Okada on night two. There's no Tanahashi on night two. Um, feels like there's a lot of people. I mean, you figure Ibushi's not on night two yet. Um, seems like there, we got a lot, of, a lot of big names that aren't on night two
1: here, Joel. Uh, well, Damon, you are discounting the announcement of a special singles match between Sanada and Evil, <laughs> which I was going to get everyone juicy Like, To be fair, right, on that World Tag League Best of Super Juniors final show, I thought Sanada did a good job. You know, last week we were complaining that there's no levels to him. He doesn't get upset by anything, but here he was... I say fired up, as fired up as we've seen from Sanada. He was pissed off. He was shoving the ref. He was shoving Shingo away. He was pushing the young lines away. And he was just going after evil with, admittedly, some quite weak punches. And I would have liked to see a bit more emoting. But, you know, this is Sanada. He is not good at emoting. We we know that is to be true for him at this point. But I applaud the effort that they did try to show some levels to the character and, Obviously, all of them listening to Super J-Cast, going out and following the advice we're giving them. But, I, yeah, again, I applaud the effort, and it made me not, you know, this is not top of my list of matches I'm looking forward to for Wrestle Kingdom, but made me uh, more excited for the match than I was before. Uh, you know what?
0: As weird as this sounds for a a conservative New Japan pro wrestling fan, uh, I would have loved to have seen a gimmick match here. Like, the last thing I want to see is Sonata and Evil get into a fucking armbar. You know what I mean? Like, like, I want them to have a feud. I want I want a continuation of what we saw for flashes post-match between Sonata and Evil. Like, to me, a singles match between these two... Without something, some kind of stipulation, some kind of juice, some kind of fucking something, seems like I'm gonna watch these guys fucking have a wrestling match for 20 minutes. I don't can't say that I give a shit uh, unless they work it in a, in a fashion and in a way that helps um, stimulate that emotion of these guys are at each other's throats. And truth be told, Joel, they give me no confidence that that's going to happen. So, uh, no, I don't have confidence. I, I, Looking at what's been announced right now for night two, that is my least interesting matchup. In fact, to me, it's my least interesting matchup of the two nights. Give me a mm. least interesting matchup of the two nights, Joel. No, I agree,
1: that, uh, that is my least yeah. interesting one.
0: Yep, I can't. I can't get into it. I can't fucking sink my teeth into it. I can't get fired up over it. It's there. I'm sorry. And unless they do something spectacular and blow me away and literally change the way they wrestle, uh, what, what am I? What am I? What am I getting excited about? Tell me why I should be, care about this match.
1: Yeah, if it's anything like their previous matches this year, then we're in for a disappointment. But
0: we'll see. 60 minutes! 60 minutes! 60 minutes! 60 minutes! (laughs) Imagine Uh, 59 (laughs) minutes of that horseshit.
1: We'll also get the winner of Naito and Ibushi facing Jay White on January 5th. Uh, Tejas says, How likely is Ibushi leaving Wrestle Kingdom with both belts from a scale of uh, 1 to 100? Uh, I would give him a solid... (laughs) Eight. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was gonna say 70 percent, yeah, seven out of ten chance that he's leaving with those titles, I think. It feels cold though, doesn't it? You know, with Jay White not being there, it, there's just there's no buzz about that and just the fact that the booking of it was so clumsy and they ruined the G one, they ruined the briefcase stipulation to, to crowbar this in, I just I I'm sure in ring it'll be really good, but I just I look at those Two main events. I feel nothing. No,
0: I know me too, man. I I hate to say that, but I'm k- k- kind of glad this is the year we don't go. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. Uh, it's uh, it's it it's it's hard for me to find the the juice. It's hard for me to find the energy in this. It does feel just duct-taped together, um, main event-wise. It's just, man, look, if any other company did the same thing, Joel, they would be getting the boots, the fucking boots. Uh, I, look, he's had a very good year, Naito. But at every turn, while this guy holds the title, there's always some fucking thing that, like, like, would they do this to fucking Okada or Tanahashi or this idea of double belt again? Would they do that to them? I can't imagine that ever happening. And, again, the loss to, like, As much people can like it, people can. But it was weird the loss to evil. Um, I don't know, man. I just find it somewhat comical at this point what they put Naito through.
1: No, David, he's going to break the record for having the most uh, single defense reigns of the IWGP Heavyweight Title. That'll be if he loses to Ibushi on night one. Then that will be three heavyweight title reigns where he's only defended it once. Right. Do you think he's losing the Ibushi? No. Yeah, I do think he's losing. I think actually the most interesting thing they could do would be have Naito retain and come out January 5th still as the champion. I think that would actually be exciting and interesting. um, But I don't think that is the likely outcome here. Really? You're going with Ibushi? Yeah. And then Ibushi, Jay White as the main event? Yeah. And I guess the story would be that I- Ibushi is so banged up from the Naito match where they be- try to kill each other that he's um, ripe pickings for Jay White to exploit. But, you know, somehow... And J- and they- I mean, Ibushi ate a lot of shit before, didn't he? You know, he lost both his matches at the Double Dome. So, I think it's... Yeah, it's time for him to win it. Although, I don't, you know, is that going to feel... Am I going to feel anything watching that? I'm not feeling it now, I'll tell you that. Yeah.
0: A guy who lost the briefcase, slides in.
1: Ham- mm. That's it. That's that's what I think has taken the, the wind out of the sails. The fact that he lost that briefcase and then less than a day later, he was crowbar back into it. That is what has made me think, just you know, shrug my shoulders when I, I look at these matches. And for
0: what purpose though? Like, okay, so he loses. Again, why not just have him keep the fucking briefcase? I think you yeah. did well, that they to wanted to get morning. Jay White in there so again okay, this is this the double of,
1: of having the two dome shows that you get more money but then if you don't, like I said back then if you don't have the confidence to have one of your, your other belts headlining one of the nights then don't run two shows, I think they, they should be more courageous, I think if they booked the Intercontinental title properly they could have that headline one of the, the nights if fucking Hiromu headliner, he's a megastar I think there right. will be no problem with him defending the junior heavyweight title on January 4th and then having IWG be heavyweight on January 5th. But if we're going to have this convoluted bullshit every year where um, you're crowbarring in a load of guys so it, it turns into a double gold dash weight where you have it defended on both nights, then that renders the G1 winner meaningless, the briefcase meaningless. It just everything becomes meaningless. Do you think that New Japan held back
0: stuff just because they know pandemic crowd they can only get 25, twenty five, twenty, twenty five in the building per night they and and to me, that's why it feels like they booked two nights, you know what I mean? They booked two nights to to it and I don't know if they got a good deal on the fucking rent at the dome. who knows um but they booked two nights so that they can get a double gate, right. That's that. That's what it feels like to me. It feels like they did two nights at the dome so they can get two gates. Um, because because here's the thing. What else are they going to fucking put at the dome? Usually there's concerts, right? All that week. Um, all the all the pop bands. There's 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 something going on at that fucking dome. It feels like that entire week. Um, and I don't know if that's the case. I haven't looked. But you know, it's like okay. Twenty thousand a night—that's what it feels like. We we want twenty thousand a night, and and they just didn't have enough to to do it. And, and and that intercontinental title could have headlined. And I know some people like to shit on the intercontinental fucking title, but that is the exact reason why they had it for a situation that no one could have predicted, mind you. Hey, man, if, mind if, you, a
1: headline Wrestle Kingdom eight. It, it's already yeah. done it, but now they don't right. want to do it anymore. That's
0: what I'm saying, but, but that's what it's for. And you had it, and you ruined it. This is... You know, well, all right.
1: Look. That's why I say get rid of the IC tile, because if you're not going to book it properly, then don't use it. If it's just Okay, well, you can say that about two-thirds of the fucking titles. Uh, you know US what? I, I would say, in, Trash. in defense of New Japan... Whilst there's a lot of stuff they've done this year that I've disliked, I think they have done a better job in booking a lot of the other mid-card titles. I think they've done... Shingo's done a tremendous job with the Never title. Dangerous Techers have done absolute wonders with the heavyweight tag titles. Junior tag titles, always in solid hands with Kanamura Desperado. Never six-man titles, they feel more important than they did with the Yoshihashi Goto Ishii team. US title is awful. That's a complete mess. But I think we've got to give credit where it's due and say that... With those other titles that I've mentioned, they've done a better job this year. None of those titles you're going to headline a dome with.
0: Mm-hmm. None of them. True. Right? Right? So, as much as it's improved, you're not headline a fucking dome show with any of those. The Intercontinental, at one point, you absolutely could. You absolutely could. And they decided to merge them because. We, st- I, st- I, st- I, still don't get it. I'll be truthful.
1: I mean, oh no! Actually, like, you if, know, if you had um, Okada versus Osprey being for the Intercontinental Title, that could that could headline January Fourth. Certainly could. Why? Well, yes, it could. I mean, here's the thing: they're, they're I mean, they're. It, what's the lineup for
0: four? Is that
1: the main event? No, they haven't announced match order yet, but it's going to be Naito Ibishi. That will be the main event. It's Gotta be. It's gotta be, yeah. Okay, so why not Okada
0: Osprey for the Intercontinental? You know, on night two. I mean, here's the thing. Here's what's headlining. You know, Naito Ibushi night one, night two winner against Jay White. Okay, great. I, I, take take the, 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 the double belt nonsense out of the equation. Heavyweight Intercontinental, they could do it. Uh, at one point in this company's uh, history, they absolutely could do that, and then they put the belt on Jericho, and you didn't see the fucking title for what six months, eight months, it felt like. Okay, that's what happens. And and who's and here's the thing: does anyone give a shit at this point about the Intercontinental Title being a part of this fucking this? fucking schmazola. Does anyone? It's about the heavyweight title. Just fucking don't even, I don't even want to see the fucking intercontinental title. It makes me angry now. It fucking infuriates me now. It's worthless. Who gives a shit? How are they going to get that fucking, uh, uh, here here are the options right now, Joel. We're going, to compl- we're going to treat it like the king of pro wrestling title and just fucking ignore it and have it just fucking vaporize into the air. Or two, we got to get the fucking title off of that uh, off of somebody. And how in the fuck is that going to happen? Because what madman is going to be like, I'll take the Intercontinental title? What? You beat the world champion. Nah, I like the white title better. Do you? Yeah. I don't know. I'm doing a whole fucking one-act play here.
1: alright I'm done the only way it would make sense is bring back Shinsuke Nakamura because his connection with that belt I, I could buy him being like yeah that's I want the white belt but yeah we're just um, cloud cuckoo land now uh, okay well I will say this Damon we have uh, on these two cards we've got five guys getting their first Wrestle Kingdom singles match El Phantasmo Great Okan Shingo Cobb and Evil what does that tell you I mean does, does that suggest that there is an attempt to make new stars and, and elevate people in the company Yes. Yes.
0: Yeah. I mean, but that's been consistent. I mean, you mentioned Jay White before, even Osprey to a, to a degree. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, it's about creating. The, they know what they have. They know the roster that they have. Um, and they know that five years, eight years, ten years is a lifetime in pro wrestling. And if you're not constantly creating new stars that connect with fans, then you're fucking lost. You're lost. Um, that this is this is what we're seeing, and this is what we've seen for the past couple of years. And they've done a good job of keeping that mid card stocked for these moments. But listen, you know the people that were handpicked for for these kind of things, and a lot of them are young lions. Um, the young lions that you see, you know. A lot of them go on to bigger and better things. This is the the progression of that.
1: Paddy says, do you expect a Kenta match on night two? Seem like with him interfering in a World Tag League final that we're setting up a juice match. Yeah, I, I mean, expect we'll see that juice match on either night one or night two. But I don't really care for it.
0: Yeah, it does seem anticlimactic. Um, again, let's get fucking somebody at a press conference and be like, okay, Moxley, unfortunately, you're stripped of the title. Mail it back, please. And then we fight for a title. Enough of the fucking briefcase.
1: Mark says, three weeks out from Wrestle Kingdom, how disappointed are you there's no match for Suzuki, Ishii, Goto, or Show, and they'll end up in some meaningless multi-man tag at best. Uh, Cactus Max says, wither Ishii and Suzuki for Wrestle Kingdom. Uh, This is just one of those things, Damon. You can't give a singles match for everyone, And someone's going to miss out. And, you know, I don't mind. I I like Hiroki Gota. I'm a big fan of his. He got his singles match last year against Kent. I mean, he usually always gets a singles match. So this is his his year to sit out. You know, tough luck. Same with Ishii. Same with Sho. Suzuki, I think that would be a shame if he's got nothing. Because you don't know how many years he's got left. And he's had a brilliant year. And it's a shame they're not capitalizing on that with uh, a singles match because I think he can he's still more than capable of producing one so if he ends up with nothing that'll be a shame but how do you feel about those four guys missing out
0: uh sir you're forgetting about our never six man tag team championships schmaz (laughs) 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 or multiple tag uh enter a gauntlet match and uh have an easy night of 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 three minutes of in-ring action and back to the locker room um That is where I see every name that you mentioned um, in a schmazzle.
1: What are the chances of Empire going 3-0 at Wrestle Kingdom? I think that is the most likely outcome. I could see all three of those guys, uh, Osprey, O'Connor, and Cobb, all winning their respective matches.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think the only one that would be somewhat on shaky ground would be Osprey winning... um, if if we care about that, but yeah, I mean, they wouldn't shock me if they they went three and zero. Um, I think Cobb's winning never, and um, I think it the uh, the handwriting's on the wall for O'Con to uh, get a win.
1: Louis says so. At the end of the year is here. We went from having no New Japan for a while to its triumphant return. Highs and lows with certain storylines, cough Evil versus Naito. Going into Wrestle Kingdom, did you guys feel that excitement from previous years? And Park says, if you both were actually able to go to Tokyo Dome, would these lineups excite you, or would you be questioning the need to devote two nights of a trip to the shows? I think we covered that. I think we're both in agreement that we we are not as excited this year. But let me transition that into the next question from Bash. He says, How do you feel about actually not going to the Dome this year with the cards starting to show what's on them? Or will you just miss the camaraderie and the experience more than the matches themselves? For me, it will be a mix of both. And yeah, it's that's what I'm missing out, you know being able to hang out with our friends that we don't get to see outside of Wrestle Kingdom. Um, and you know, hanging out in TGI Fridays and getting to have a bowl of noodles together and have a few zemas That's what I'm going to miss. You know, shenanigans at the hub. So that is what I'm sad about missing out. Not actually not being able to attend Wrestle Kingdom.
0: Yeah. It's, it's outside of Wrestle Kingdom. That is, is so much fun and it's a highlight of my year. Um, and seeing everyone and having laughs and busting balls and giving hugs and hanging out with your mates, and that's what I'm going to miss. I'm not going to miss the anxiety of flying. That's for sure. I thought about that. Um, But it's that week is so much fun, and I get to see everyone. And everyone has a smile on their face, and everyone's tired, and everyone's exhausted. But know that while Wrestle Kingdom is an awesome thing, and, and you get into the dome, and you see the ring, and you're like, oh, we're here. This is it. That's not the number one thing. It's it's hanging out with everybody and having fun and what happens after the show and the people that you meet and the new people that you meet. Um, that's what makes Wrestle Kingdom week the greatest week of the year and I I will dearly miss it and I I will miss seeing so many faces and friends um, that I look forward to every year. We'll be back. I promise you. We all will be back. I promise you. But uh, for right now, we're going to make do. We're going to watch at home. I got the bar. It's being built. We're about more than halfway through. Uh, I already passed out in it, (laughs) uh, christened it, if you will, Um, and that's where I will be, and others will be doing similar things, Uh, but collectively know that our hearts are all together, and we'll raise our glass, and we'll raise our cans, and we'll raise our beer, and we'll put them to the sky and know that we're all thinking of each other, so we'll be back. We'll be back.
1: There's a a toast in a lot of Jewish celebrations where you you end up saying to next year in Jerusalem. But, yeah, let's change that to to next year in Tokyo, (laughs) in TGI Fridays.
0: Yep, I've never wanted to be in TGI Fridays more, (laughs) and that's saying something. So um, hang in there, everyone. I know it's been a rough year for a lot of people, and I know it's been tough. Um, Hang in there. We'll be back. We'll be back.
1: I do have a few more questions. I'll save them for next week because I think next week it might be a, a slower news week. So I'll wrap it up here and say you can go to redcircle.com forward slash shows forward slash super dash j cast if you want to give some money to us for the amazing work that we do for you putting on this show. Discord link is in the show notes. Always a good time. Good discussions to be had on there. If you were, you, you might have been privy to me and Liam's in-depth discussion about El Desperado and Hiromu Takahashi. So that's the kind of gold that you can enjoy by being on our Discord. You can go to at CobraKawaii and ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash SuperJCast if you want to get one of our great t-shirts. Massive thanks, as always, to editor Dan, who you can find on Twitter at LousyHero219. You can also subscribe to the Voices of Wrestling podcast network for other great shows. Please give us a five-snake review and some kind words on iTunes, which helps us move up the charts. Follow us on Twitter at the Superjcast. Thank you, everyone, for listening, and goodbye.